What's up, guys? Welcome to Up and Over. I feel like we haven't been here for a bit, so I just wanted to say from Matt here to all of the listeners, thank you for stopping by. Today, we are concluding our mini-series on the U.S. Women's National Team Fight for Equal Pay against the United States Soccer Federation. Buckle up. It's a deep topic, and we're going to be overarching the themes of the last four episodes and giving our concluding thoughts. Stay tuned. The other guy's mad. Yep, here we are. I got him. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got me. All right, and we're gonna wrap up this. If you're if you're new here, we've been diving into U.S. Women's National Team fight for equal pay over the last four episodes. So, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly recommend going back a few. Get yourself educated on the situation. If you're not aware, if you are aware might change your perspective so hop back to those come back to this one and hear what we have to say today to conclude this episode or this mini series educate yourself all right (laughs) well in a whole the u.s women's national team has taken on an issue that expands beyond the boundaries of u.s soccer and equal pay They've been in the beacon for many women over the years and have proven a strong balance between conflict with the USSF and upholding the image they stand for. They are strong role models for so many youth, both boys and girls and, you know, youth in general, however they identify, and have put up with disparity and have played through adversity for the sanctity of what they represent for much of youth soccer across the U.S. Superstars of the women's national team, such as Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, Megan Arpino, and Becky Sauerbrunn, uh, took a bold stance in challenging the, the U.S. Soccer Federation in 2016 on the basis of discrimination to represent themselves and their peers, creating a class action lawsuit. The lawsuit expands well beyond equal pay. Although equal pay has taken the spotlight and appears to be the hot button issue for media outlets to focus on. But as Matt and I stated, that is why we took time to find the collective bargaining agreement, why we dove into it as deep as we could and make it digestible for you because it is more than just equal pay. Yeah. Over the mini series, over the last four episodes, we've done our best to lay the foundation of the lawsuit itself, looking at the court documents as far as who are the plaintiffs and the parties uh, involved. So as Blake just stated, Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapino, Becky Sauerbrunn versus USSF in this corner and this corner when? coming head to head in a heavyweight title match over equal pay and collective bargaining agreement, disparity and gender equity, a large, large issue. So how do you break that apart? Episode two of this mini series, we specifically dove into pay 
because that, as we stated, is the hot button issue for media outlets to focus on. That's what everyone seems to have their two cents to toss into the circles on why or why they shouldn't be paid equally. The third episode, we circled back, dug out that collective bargaining agreement to physically look at how the USSF wrote it up with the women's national team and where it aligns in equity and equality with the men's collective bargaining agreement because they both represent themselves individually at the time that these were written and signed. Now, moving forward, it might be one unified collective bargaining agreement. But at the time, they were separate. And there's very specific details that show actual disparity between the men's team and the women's team, such as traveling conditions, field playing conditions, payouts for for uh, general matches, and this is separate from World Cup payout. Well, it's not per diems. We're also a part of that. The per diems yeah, were not the DMs. same initially. They are now, um, but yeah. And, the World Cup payout is a whole other monster. That, we have uh, to also acknowledge <laughs> that, yes, the women's team is provided health insurance. And there's a whole subsection that kind of puts the NWSL in an umbrella as far as what those players below the women's national team get. Yes, that is included in that collective bargaining agreement. So that is there where it is not there in the men's. We acknowledge that there are other things that are benefiting the women's right. team that maybe aren't provided to the men's team. However, situationally, there's reasons it's why it's one way or the other for the men's and the women's. Yes. So that was episode three, episode four, our most recent one, a couple weeks ago, working conditions, fields, turf versus grass, how that's being distributed and how many games the men's team gets on artificial turf versus the women's team, which is a clear disparity. There's no way the USSF can deny that based on stats. You can't dispute statistics. The numbers don't lie. So we've gone through all those details. Today, we're going to kind of wrap it all up, take a forward look, at what's certainly and recently come forward from USSF and the men's and women's team. And we're going to discuss kind of our thoughts on what we believe will happen in the lawsuit or what they're going to, what the women's team might or might not be awarded. So Blake, I kind of just have detailed uh, the intricacies of the, the lawsuit, the CBA, playing conditions, pay, working conditions, et cetera, and the, the hierarchy of it for the U.S. Women's National Team and further below NWSL through the USSF. Um, and I think now is a really good time to move forward with this topic. And as we are concluding this mini-series, I believe it's important that we finally put our two cents in on what we believe will be accomplished from this lawsuit what might be a little bit more uh, tough to surmount and what we think will unfortunately or you know not necessarily reach its potential within the uh, boundaries of the lawsuit.
Yeah. I think the easiest place to start, man, is probably to, to talk about what has already happened. Uh, what have the women's national team in USSF come to uh, terms with, I guess, within the lawsuit. Um, and that would be playing conditions and working conditions. Uh, they've already agreed uh, for chartered flights, um, which the women's were, the women's team was not receiving nearly as many um, uh, percentage-wise as the men's, uh, as well as playing conditions there as a recap. They would send a men's rep months in advance to uh, stadiums to check playing conditions, uh, along with several other things um, for the stadium location itself, travel to and from hotel, etc. And they gave very little consideration to the women's team uh, prior. But as I've stated, this has all changed. Um, they've worked on that and that is now more equitable in terms of thank god for math and stats right yeah like i mean it makes it really easy for guys like us to track i mean not only that but when you present it in court it's also really hard for the ussf to deny that and do you think do you think in those regards and I'm not trying to jump forward to the equal pay end, but do you think that those offenses, I mean, congrats, USSF, you're now doing better, but I feel like they're forced to be doing better and they wouldn't have if they weren't in the situation. So do you think they should be reprimanded and penalized financially at the hands of those players receiving some payout based on those, inequities i mean that's this is workplace discrimination right and that is the lawsuit right and jumping up to the equal pay part of the lawsuit is i think it was like 66 million um that the women's team was asking for essentially in back pay with regards to equal pay that that is so the big piece i think that's an important thing Go, yeah, go ahead. I, I think that's an important thing we might need to take an aside on those that back pay. Are we strictly talking their wages? Or do we know? I feel like that's one thing we maybe overlooked. Hey, I mean, we're discovering new things each episode. But do you think that back pay is also including, you know, quote unquote, damages, if you will, or just the workplace discrimination? and being compensated for the discrimination? Or do you think they're strictly coming at it from an angle of, hey, we make less because that's what has been popularized in the media of, they're saying we make less. So we need to be making more like the men do. But is this back pay encapsulating this discrimination and those damages, if you will? Do you think that's the case? So I'll put it this way, Matt, prior, prior to any discussions that we have had, my initial thought when reading articles, when reading the lawsuit, when reading the CBA, and then 
going back and looking at it is that the women have always put it in a light in my mind, put it in a way that says we should have made, you know, X amount of money. We made this amount of money and we are fighting for back pay of this much. So it's purely from a wage standpoint, not the inequities in the workplace discrimination. Hmm. Or at least now, based on how it's been written. Right. That's, but again, that's how I always initially looked at it. And then when you look at the, the face value of articles without really diving into the numbers, that is also what I came away with. And then you dive into the numbers and you, you see, okay, this is like this because of the discrimination. I I would say the hot topic or the, the like media punchlines is always, it's just wage. And so I think when quotes are used, that's what it focuses on. Right. Right. Like if I was like, if we're in a workplace, if you're at your workplace and someone doing someone that is a female or presenting as a female doing the same exact work that you do and are being afforded different um, or lesser opportunities and that comes to light and they take it to court, there's financial compensation based on their on that discrimination. Mo- right? Most yes. of the time yes. it is because you're being you're being discriminated against and yeah. the company or the corporation is at fault when proven that to be at fault and therefore has to compensate for that uh, discrimination. Right. But, and, and I don't know, this is, I don't, I don't know in general or in this specific case with regards to this specific case, that 66 million, right? The question that you're really asking is, is that, is that because of discrimination or is that just, this is what we missed out in wages? Which is a different form of discrimination though, too. Right. But is, I guess more of my angle is, are they solely focusing on that back pay from the strict, we didn't get paid the same? Or are they saying we need back pay because we don't get the proper charter flights and that's inequitable? We don't get the proper field conditions at the same uh, scale that the men have. And we don't get the same accommodations that the men have. So therefore, USSF, you need to open your pocketbook and provide years and years worth of back pay to compensate us for the lesser position you put us in. I think that's, I don't know if that's the case. I sure hope that's how they're approaching it because that changes, I think, our whole latter perspective to the remainder of this episode. I just came to this realization personally. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'll put it this way. Read articles only, and that's what you see. Read the lawsuit. And yes, it's all put in terms of like 
essentially like financial aspect. How much is it costing the USS? F, uh, and then it's the inequity. Okay, you're doing this for the men's on a rate of this and for the women's on a rate of this. And so then where's that monetization of that discrimination? But the way the lawsuit is laid out, I do think it is more than just the back pay. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think and I was so, just pointing at that as a specific yeah. curiosity. Yeah, stats are there. So what else have the stats proven? You tell me, Matt. You you obviously, is. I feel like this is a pointed question and I don't I don't know where you're going with it. The percentage of games played on grass for the women, very much different than the men, based on playing even more games than the men have. USSF drawing an L. How dare you? That's just (laughs) silly. I mean, they're caught with their pants down, basically. You know, they're not going to run away from it. They can't. Same thing with the, like you said, charter flights. They can't deny that. So, granted, this is in 2016. We're here now today. The women are being, I think, awarded those charter flights as rightfully rewarded them. Um, and hotel accommodations. Has the field conditions improved as well? That, I think, is more... Because this... This took a turn for the better, right, in, I think it was March. Uh, last year or so. Yeah, it, it was within the last year. within this calendar year, 2021. Uh, within COVID. Yeah. Uh, but I think the field conditions is going to be something that we have to see over, you know, another year or two. Um but I, I do believe, and it's been a while since I've gone back to check on this, but I, I believe that that is part of like the, the, the equitable change that the USSF is making is that includes the field conditions, not just the, the working conditions uh, r- regarding to like the travel, the accommodations, um, and and another part of that is travel to and from, right, the stadium and the training grounds. Uh, right. So I believe that that is included, uh, if my memory is, is correct. Uh, I'm not 100% certain, though. Gotcha. So I think we've kind of covered the three points of three of our four episodes. Do we want to transition into pay? I mean, that's going to... Um, take a big chunk of this and yeah. move beyond. I think I think one other important piece to mention though is moving forward, right? This lawsuit. Yeah, they've they've made some progress in terms of field conditions, working conditions, etc. Uh and the other thing to keep in mind and this is maybe one of the more important things when you look at the broader scope is how much these women, like 
they are incredible role models to boys and particularly girls, not only in the U.S., but all across the world, to stand up, fight for what they believe in, all the meanwhile (laughs) having the grace to do it with a middle finger up to the organization that is disrespecting you and discriminizing against you. Like, like I get it. it, They're basically like, fine, I guess we'll win another world cup, but on our own volition. And uh, yeah, you can, you can pay us for the party too while you're at it, but we're not gonna, we're still not happy with you. Yeah. They're, they're taking things as they come. Every little win is a win. And they understand, right, we'll take a win where we can get it, but it's not over. It's not done. The fight's never done. And we will be here and we will fight for ourselves, for the person next to me, for women all across the nation and across the world by setting an example that this is not okay, this is not right, and it needs to change. So that that's that's the intangible part of this lawsuit, right? right? Now I think we can move on to pay. Pay, pay, pay me, pay me, pay me money. Matt, I'm I'm not paying you anything. Hey, we'll see about that. But the IRS is. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a doozy. What's up, guys? I'm getting my first stimulus payment. Finally. Almost a full year later. Wait, over a full year later. Over. over. I think it's closer to a year and a half later. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this the, the big hot button issue that we've been tiptoeing around up until this point has been equal pay. Going to give the people what they're waiting for, right, Blake? Yeah. Yeah. Don't sound too excited. So, jeez. Pay. I I'm not excited because and I I think you also agree with me here, Matt, is that I find it that it's going to be very difficult for the women's national team to advance the lawsuit in terms of equal pay. Um, we just uh, we we just talked about right the 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 field conditions um, and how that's that's made progress. Where what happened initially is a judge threw out the lawsuit entirely, right? Because, oh, well, you guys are saying you're, you deserve compensation uh, because you're not paid as much when the women's team denied uh, a collective bargaining agreement that would have paid them identically to the men's team. So mind you, and they, for the listeners... 
for the listeners, I'm just going to give this one little brief, yep. and then I'll let you go forward. The men's and women's teams represent themselves, which this might have been in – I'm not saying in favor of one or the other, but made it difficult to maybe fully grasp the magnitude of it at the time. Um, so, so yeah, the, the thing I wanted to mention about that was just that they denied the – the collective bargaining agreement that was offered to the men instead choosing for some extra benefits, etc. We've gone over that in previous episodes. If you need a reminder, please go back and listen. I, I thought that was actually a very good and interesting episode that we did. Uh, but they, that lawsuit was thrown out and then they appealed it. And when it was taken another look at, that's when those concessions on the, the the field conditions and working conditions were given and and why then progress has been made on that front. Nevertheless, they persisted. I I I just I don't see a, a way forward with with the pay. So for the listeners, in short, we Blake and I on like love or hate our response here. We don't think they're going to achieve the equal pay. Just to put put it black and white. Not, not through lawsuits. Don't think we don't think they're going to achieve the equal pay portion of their lawsuit right now, and that is because of the structure of their agreement that they have legally signed. Granted, they've made progress on field conditions, travel, hotel, etc. So those are all wins. We just don't think that they're going to get the equal pay. And this is why I brought up earlier my question of, is that back pay encapsulating those other things that they've already been awarded in the lawsuit? Because if that's the case, then yes, I think they'll see the quote unquote equal pay, aka the back pay from the discrimination damages to those players over the years. That is the only way I can see it working of them getting that back pay. If they're strictly trying to funnel it through the inequity of their salaries, I don't think it's going to happen because of the structure of their CBA. Yeah. And it sucks. It, it sucks. And I completely understand why the women negotiated the cba that they did right There's, they need health insurance they, they need, need maternity health insurance leave. they need maternity leave there was the money in women's soccer is still substantially small like they needed a backbone for the nwsl they need a backbone for the nwsl those players on the women's team that are turning heads across the world because of how incredible they are, are being paid so significantly. Marginally. Marginally. That's a that's a bit, much better word. Marginally compared to their male counterparts because <laughs> the men's salary mostly comes through the club, right? And then yep. – then endorsements, which the women also 
they also have, right? Yes. But comes through the men's salary. The women, because the game is very young and there's not a lot of money in it, it's growing, it's getting better, but it's not there. And so they opted for a structure where we aren't getting health insurance through the NWSL. So our CBA is going to include health insurance. It's going to include maternity leave. It's going to include all these things. They did what they needed to do right then and there. And I think that that was the right decision that they made, right? That is that is security, and that gives them a backbone. Now, is it right for the USSF, right, to not offer a system or, or, or a CBA that is more equitable than what they have? Because I think... I think that that's really what the argument is, is if you're going to have the extra benefits in your CBA, then yes, some of your salary is going to drop because that is an additional value that's added, uh, the benefits, health insurance, et cetera. That's an additional value added benefit that's going to decrease the actual payout that you see. But... Where is the point where it's actually equitable, right? Right. And and I think I think the argument is that it's not at that point, and the women should be making more to get to that equitable value. Right. Exactly. And I think. Do we have any kind of final statements on this? Because we have what appears to be enlightening news on the situation but do we want to f- kind of wrap up this before we no, move no forward? i think i think we move right right into that because i think it transitions All well right, then there there is a and as we had stated before in previous episodes we hoped the men's and women's uh, committees would jointly work together i think that's the best path forward to make a joint cba it just makes sense Interestingly um, enough, Matt, interesting. let me cut in real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Is that apparently there's the majority of football federations, the men's and women's team actually act independently, um, which is something I just came across uh, within weird. the last week. Um, but but I, I agree with you. I think I think them working jointly as one. Uh, Help me with words, Matt. I um, think, of course, that their structures are still going to have their certain differences. Right. Um, but with this, if the men want health insurance, which I'm sure most will decline, it might be structured in a sense where everyone has the option to choose it. But obviously, the, the men's team are probably all going to decline, whereas the women likely won't depending on their situation, but that's equitable. You have the option. Like if your workplace provides everyone options for their health insurance, um, there's that. There's the men have been slacking. I can't, and nobody can get a jersey with their name on the back because they haven't renewed their CBA. (laughs) So that's another thing, but the equal pay will come through a collective card 
a true holistic collective bargaining agreement, which has been touted by USSF as the next step. What? How has that been received? Been received by you and me, <laughs> or in general? I think in general. In general, I think the public is like, "Yeah, hey, there we go. That's what we're talking about. It's about damn time." Sorry for the language. But uh, but what about the women's team? Well, what about the women's team? Actually, I don't know about the women's team. Have you read anything about what the women's so, team think on it? So the women's team's essentially saying, "I'll believe it when it's when it's in front of me on paper to sign." I would say that's more or less the case because right. they're they're being a little bit more blunt and saying USSF is touting this for publicity, yeah, for it's, positive it's a, publicity. It's a publicity move. And I and which has received backlash against the U, US women's team because they're like, this is what you wanted, but now you're just disagreeing with it already. It's no, it's it's more of a matter of they haven't sat down to sign it. So why would they believe that that's the case until it's there in front of them on paper to sign with the men in the same room at the same time? Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it almost feels like the USSF is trying to play a trap card right now. Right. So that they can yep. say yet again, we offered you the same agreement and you declined it. It's your fault. Yeah, it's, and I'm on the same page. I think I even tweeted out the day I saw it. I'll believe it when it's when it's in stone. Like, yeah, it's 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 like congrats. Actions are louder, speak louder than words here, though. So, for, but as a whole, hey, we've come this far in the series. We've laid everything out from the 2016 lawsuit. It's been five holy years closing in on six and yes the lawsuit will probably continue beyond this next collective bargaining agreement wouldn't deny that at one bit but i think it's the best move to move forward together the men have been backing the women all this time at least verbally Quiet. but as i just said quietly though as i as i said actions speak louder than words right and i think the fact that they've been lazy about signing their own bargaining agreement has maybe unintentionally worked in the women's team favor. Cause now they're like, okay, well now we can, as yeah. these developments in the lawsuit have taken shape, the men have also spoken up a bit more than they had. And now they're saying, well, together we're going to walk into this room and sign it, which I, it's probably going to be something where the men's team are going to be like, Oh, male savior over here getting the getting things done properly no it can you it's try just fortuitous to do a better accent just try that again matt uh, <clears throat> over here with our male saviors kind of connotations we're gonna be we're gonna be the ones sweeping them off their feet if you know what i'm saying about getting them the equal pay and stuff all right, I see, I see your time in Texas, your little stint in Texas. You got a little bit out of it. You better believe me when I say they're going to get equal pay. Wow. You see what I did All there? Right. All right. 
Yes, Matt, what you see there, or what you did there, I do see it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. Now I'm way off. Uh, let's just bring it back. And, um, all right. So, you and I, so much outside of recordings for, for up and over, we have talked about, okay. Yes, we'll see it when we believe it. We hope that, in fact, this new CBA that the USSF is touting is equitable, is more in in line with equality. Is it going to be perfect? No. Is the lawsuit going to continue on in some form? Very, very likely. Do we hope that it, it moves forward together with both the men's national team and women's national team? I think you and I both, yes, we think that that is the best path forward. USSF is even on the record saying, we believe that the best path forward is together. Uh, all that said, if the women's national team turns down the collective bargaining agreement that is supposedly coming, they elect to negotiate separately. They have stated, this, the U.S. Soccer Federation has stated, that they will allow the Women's Players Association to sit in on the contract negotiations with the men's team in the interest of full transparency. I say that with air quotes. That is literally the quote from the article I read from CNBC. Uh, so, okay. What do you think of that little statement there, Matt? We all know there's talk before and after meetings. So, yes, heavily quote full transparency. I almost think if USSF wants to fully back that up, they should make that meeting public virtually public you know like if they're really wanting yeah. to to tout it the way they're touting it let me click on a zoom link and, and observe that yeah i get it i mean it's a town hall it's a town hall yeah. it should be public minutes yeah um i will say though aren't we as ta aren't we as taxpayers technically funneling money to them so shouldn't i have a right to be able to listen to these conversations if i really want to you 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 make a point probably a valid a valid point <laughs> uh what i what i will say though is there is very little known about this collective bargaining agreement the identical one um right not a lot is out there about it yet um so we'll just kind of have to to wait and see where things go one additional piece to note though is that the the USSF sorry for the stutter there the USSF <laughs> the women's national team and men's national team right the US Soccer Federation believes that something that has to be worked out before this new CBA is agreed upon is FIFA World Cup prize money. 
Okay. And, and I, I, Matt, you and I, we, we broke down in detail the payout in, in the compensation, uh, episode that we did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. So the men's 2022 World Cup is slated to give 440 million in prize money to teams who who make it. Uh, that's up about 40 million from 2018. And the women's 2023 edition will offer about 60 million in prize money. That's over 20 million plus from 2019. It, I, it might even be closer to. 30 million so that's purpo- that's proportional from fifa that's not the national federations right. exactly um and so they are wanting to ussf they wanting to work out a contract accepted by all three parties working out the fifa world cup prize money which Again, very little's out about the collective bargaining agreement. But what I would understand and what I think is a, a, would be very good for all three parties is how do we break up the World Cup prize money that we do receive, right? And should it be equal among all three parties? Should it be proportional in some way? These are the total prize, like this is the total prize winnings. And the men's team made it, you know, so far. The women's team made it so far. And so you're getting, you know, so much based on how far. Oh, man. It, 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 gets, it gets really, it would get really that's detailed. Where it's gonna, really that's, where we're getting, that's where we're going to get it. That's where we're going to get into the weeds with this. It's, yeah. I The way I could imagine it potentially working is... I on our track record between both men's and women's teams, the women's teams always go further in the tournament, if not win it. So the way I could see it, which almost would be kind of awful in its own right, but if if the women's team gets incrementally further than the men's for each stage beyond, I feel like that's where it would be like then they pull X amount from the men's pool. But the issue lies in the fact that they happen on two different years. So USSF's just gonna pay out a pocket and be like, sorry, the money's gone. Right? Like this is what we were gonna award them. Here's what they got. Or do you think here's the total sum of what could be awarded to the men's team? Here's what's left over. And then we can tack that on in addition right. to what we're paying you. That might be the way it more reasonably works, which isn't going to make it equal by any means, but it's going to, I'd say, significantly increase. Right. Yeah, it's it's a tough question. But I, I think the fact that the Federation has said this is something that needs to be worked out before everyone accepts this collective bargaining agreement. I think, I think that does show more progress and is something to grant. That's what they've said that they want. So take it with a grain of salt. 
again, could be publicity, positive publicity move. But the fact that they're saying that gives you hope that it will be a focus in the negotiations and and that we are moving towards a more equitable payout structure. All right, folks. So that kind of concludes our first mini series diving into USSF versus women's national team and their collective bargaining agreement for equal pay and so on and so forth. Heavy topic for sure. And Matt and I definitely have our, our pitfalls in, in looking into and recording a limited series on, on such a topic, but we did have a lot of fun and we learned so much. Um, and we hope you learned a lot with us yes. by listening through these episodes. Please, 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 please send us emails, comment on our Instagram or Twitter. Let us know what you thought of the limited series of the podcast in general. The feedback is always helpful, um, especially if Matt and I are looking to tackle other bigger projects uh, like more limited series down the road, which we would like to do. Uh, we very much would like your feedback. Let us know what we can do better, where you think we should have maybe focused more time, what was unnecessary. Uh, but yeah, overall, so great, yeah. great experience. Yeah, I think I, although it took a lot of time to get through it, we took our time and I can say I'm proud of what we put out. And if you want to give us that feedback, as Blake mentioned, all of our outlets, you can tweet at us at underscore up and over or on Instagram at MBFC underscore up and over. Or is it underscore or our Gmail is up and over 17 at gmail.com. So you have three different ways to reach out to us. Or if you're friends or family, you likely have our phone numbers. So one way or another, I really hope, I really, really, really hope. Oh, please, please, somebody just give us some feedback. Matt, you're making it you. weird. A little too beggy. A little, little too much. It's all right, though. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. It was a blast. <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. All right.